It is Thursday, May 12th, 2022. This is the latest edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. It is good to have everybody who is joining us live on the AMP app as well, or whether you're on our John Boy Media Baseball YouTube channel or wherever you download your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Did you get some rest after our little Baseball Today field trip to Anaheim? I did, but I was still going strong. Like I got home and put the kids down, like watched some shows, like hung out with the wife. Mm. You, my friends, you were in need of some rest. And I want to know, did did you get it last night? Did you get that beauty sleep that you wanted so desperately yesterday? You can look deep into my eyes. I need much more beauty rest to get back to at least 500 ball, if you know what we're talking about. But I did get some rest. But your text of the night was, I'm still full (laughs) at like 915. It was uh, we ate our faces off at this this restaurant yesterday, and it was the only meal I ate all day, but I made up for it. It felt like three meals in one. I think I had one before, but then after that, I didn't eat again. So it was it was good. And then I was trying to take you out for beers after the game and you wouldn't do it. it, So I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. It was one of those days where I didn't I didn't want to be the guy at the bar. was like, when are we going? So I just. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll be well-rested the next time we do it. And thanks to everybody who showed up. Uh, we met a bunch of uh, good fans of John Boy Media out by the Rocks in Anaheim. That was very cool. We always love saying hi, taking some photos, and uh, literally kissing some babies. So that was, uh, that was a good time. We had a great time. And uh, hopefully we'll see people out at Dodger Stadium the next time we do it, and then out in Anaheim as well. So we're going to be doing that several times throughout the season. It's going to be a blast. Speaking of Dodger Stadium, I would say one of the more interesting series that we'll get going over the next couple of days is out in Chavez Ravine. You have the Phillies, you have the Dodgers. So I ask you this, Ploofy, more pressure on the Phillies to simply make the playoffs with this roster or the Dodgers with their superstar-studded lineup and rotation to make the World Series? Well, we know Dave Roberts guaranteed a World Series this year, so that's something to think about. But, you know... I'm more focused on the Phillies. This is a team that brought in Bryce Harper for a zillion years. You know, they can, they've constructed a roster, basically how they wanted to construct the roster. I mean, they went out and got bangers. They said defense go away. Um, they have pitching right now. They have starting pitching right now. Zach Wheeler comes back tonight. So we have Nohola Gibson's been really good. Suarez is really good. And Wheeler. Yep. You, you have four good pitchers. You know, a a well above average pitchers right there. Like this is a team. Like I don't know where you go with the roster from here. How does? What are they going to do to improve it next year if they don't? If they don't um, make the playoffs this year, I think they're like they have the team that they have, and there's a ton of pressure on them to make the playoffs. And now they're looking at the Mets across the division, being like, "Wow, they just like snapped their finger and became World Series contenders." Like, how do we do that? Like they tried to do that, and and it hasn't been that way. I just wonder where they go with this roster from here. And there's a ton of pressure on them. I completely agree, right? They're tied for third place right now. They're six and a half back of the Mets in the East. So they're tied with the Marlins at 14 and 17. That just not hasn't been good enough. But you look at them offensively. Statistically, they've been fine, right? We know that Harper has been dealing, I think, with a shoulder issue. And so he's basically been relegated to the DH. And thank goodness, right, for the DH role in the National League, or he'd be on the injured list, most likely. You know, yep. he just he wouldn't be able to fight through this thing. You know, Castellanos is just he's awesome. He's just the such best. a solid stick. Uh, Schwarber's still trying to find his way a little bit. Rail Muto hasn't been very good, but most of their numbers 
certainly comparatively speaking to the rest of the league, you know, you can't look at it, let's say a 730 OPS and say a guy is well, kind of league average because that's not it right now. You know, the, the league average in that in that category has been way down. We just haven't seen as much pop from guys this year. Um, I still feel like they're going to be okay. You know, I, here's where I have an issue. I think the Mets are playoff bound. I think the Braves are going to be playoff bound. I know the Dodgers are playoff bound. I have the Padres getting there. The Brewers. So now that leaves one spot for Giants, Cardinals, Phillies. That's the way I feel about it. I don't know. How about you? Things can change throughout the season. You know, obviously injuries are probably the biggest um, player in that regard. So if teams are all healthy and kind of going the way, I, I kind of agree with you there. They got to figure something out. You know, they have to get on a roll. They have to get hot and, and sustain it, you know, over, you know, a month. If they want to be in this thing, like they have to get really hot. They're two and six in, in one run games right now. That has to change. And maybe that will change. It'll even out but they just have to find a way to get it done. Like there's, there's no help coming. Like they don't have anything in the minor leagues that's going to come up no. and, and help them. Um, I don't see them making significant trades at the deadline. Like may, make maybe, but like this, this is their roster. Like this, this is, is their window. And like for this group, this is the time. And it's going to be difficult, but I, I, I still believe in them too. I had them making the playoffs. I just have this affinity for the Phillies for Me some too. reason. I have no idea why, um, but it's, it's going to be, you know, an uphill battle for them. But, you know, it's baseball. I'll tell baby. you why it is, why you have you and I, I think, are in the same wavelength. And it's because not because necessarily we feel like they're a playoff team. We want them to be a playoff team, just like we want Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to be there in October. We want Bryce Harper to be on the biggest stage as well. And he's done every basically everything in his power in his three years there to get them there. Right. I mean, he has yes. been an elite level player. Yes. And I guarantee you that if you were to lock him down and put him on a lie detector test, he'd be like, yeah, I'm pissed off that the way things have gone. He would never want to point fingers and say, we haven't done enough here or they, but he's mad. He's upset. He wants to play in the biggest games. You think it does. You think he feels good that the year he left Washington, that they end up winning a ring. And here he is. He hasn't competed in a playoff game. Where were the other spots for him? I was still playing at the time. So, like, where so else San, could he have gone? San Francisco had offered him a high AAV, but few years. I forget if it was three or a four-year deal for, like, $160 million, let's say. I don't remember what the exact yeah, figures okay. were, but I remember that. But I always felt like Philly was a great match for him, man. Staying in the division was fun. I, he should have no regrets about going there. It's just the way it's played out has kind of sucked for him. That's all. I had just finished a spring training game. I came into the clubhouse and when the news broke, I think I was one of the first people on the team to find out about it. I was like, holy shit, 13 years. <laughs> it's a long time to stay in right. one place. Uh, yeah. So he does have a long time still left in Philly. There can be obviously tons of roster turnover throughout his, his tenure there. But I, I, I agree with you. I think that, it's got to be frustrating. I know he likes the clubhouse is great. Like he likes yes. playing there and stuff, but like you, you're right. He wants to be in October, man. And we want him in October. Like yes. enough of this stuff. Let's go. All right. Another interesting series kicks off on the South side where the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees winners of 15 of their last 17 games come a calling. Uh, we both felt that 
each of these teams would be October bound, but the Yankees are playing great. And the white Sox are kind of paddling upstream at this point. How much of a gap is there between these two squads as of the start of this series? Surface level and kind of like where we're standing right now, there's a, there's a, there's a damn big gap in what they're running out there right now. You know, and some of that has to deal with injuries. You know, when I think about the white Sox, okay, Chris, I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you a little song lyric that makes me think about my relationship with the white Sox. You, wanna, you ready for this? Yes. This is an incubus song. And it starts off, it says, some people fall in love and touch the sky. Some people fall in love and find quicksand. My love is somewhere in between. I swear I can't make up my mind. I don't know how to feel about this White Sox team. I still think we can touch the sky, people. I still think we can get there. Lance Lynn, need you back, big guy. Need you. Eloy, need you in the lineup. Like we need to get back to full strength White Sox team. And then we can start talking about, you know, where they're really at right now. They don't look good defensively. Uh, And the Yankees, on the other hand, you're talking about, you know, the gap right now. They're playing best ball in in the big leagues right now. Mm -hmm. They're pitching the crap out of it. They're getting timely hitting. They're even playing defense. They've had a bunch of guys step up. Um so the gap is big right now. I think by the end of the season, we'll see it close a little bit. And I believe, I still believe in this White Sox team. I just want to see him get healthy. The Central Division is going to give them time to get back in it. I know that for sure. Absolutely. So I think at the end of the year, we're talking this gap is, is almost closed. But right now, it's, it's big. When, you know, there's some divisions, uh, AL East, um, NL West, where you panic. NL East, because there are several really, really good teams at the top of the division. You said it. The White Sox are in the right division, man. They could just kind of coast through the first three months of the season at 500 ball and still feel like they're very much in control of where they want to be at the end of the year. Uh, We don't know about when Lance Lynn. There was a report out that maybe it's going to be a little bit longer, they feel like, instead of maybe beginning of June, it might be later. Eloy came out and said, hey, Expect me sooner rather than later, which is good because outside of really Tim Anderson, they haven't had a ton of production. Luis Roberts been good, but former MVP Jose Abreu, no. They're getting nothing out of the catching position offensively. Yasmani Grandal has just been not good at all. I mean, last year he didn't hit for average, but at least his on-base percentage was elite. But the rest of it is it's been horrible. And yeah, they've had a few games against Cleveland where their defense, they, I think they've had two four-error games against Cleveland. That's eight of their 26 errors, which is ridiculous. And that could rear its ugly head come October, but I still feel like they could substantially close the gap on the Yankees. Well, it's they're 15-4 and four right now. 15-14 and 14 right now, so they're one game above 500. And like you said, there's been a bunch of guys who just haven't contributed yet. Andrew Vaughn was doing it. He's on the, he's on the IL right now. Right. Uh, but, you know, you're looking around, you got Mankata, who's, you know, not giving you what he needs to give you. Pollock needs to step it up for sure. Uh, you know, once, and I, and I believe, you know, you talked about Abreu, this guy's going to hit. At the end of the year, these guys' numbers are going to be close to their you career averages, be, yeah. mm-hmm. which means, like, we're going to see some uh, offensive days from the White Sox coming up here throughout the season. So um, I'm not ready to say I'm in quicksand with this team yet. We can still touch the sky, baby. We still can. It, I will say one other thing before we go. Giolito's been great. Kopech has been phenomenal. 
Kopech has, if you haven't watched him yet, go make an appointment viewing this weekend when he, uh, I think he's in the rotation. Yeah, he pitched Monday. Yes. So yeah, yeah, he's going he's gonna to pitch this weekend against New York. Think about this. Think about this rotation right now. Cease has been great. So you have yep. Gilito, get your Lance Lynn back. Kopech, who I thought was the, one of the reasons I picked the White Sox to get to the World mm-hmm. Series. Cease, and then Vinny Velasquez. You know, whether you want to keep him in that fifth starter role, you know, come October or you put him and he's like kind of a long relief guy, or I think he could be really good in the pen too. doesn't matter. They have the starting pitching is there and the bullpen's going to be good. So like this is oh, a yeah. team that could really turn I, it on. I'm with you. I'm with You're you. in they Chicago. Don't be worried right now. All right. Uh, let's move to the National League Central where the Reds have been playing some good ball. That's consecutive series win for them. Let's give them a little golf clap. Okay. Awesome. However, they could not stop Christian Yelich from doing what he seemingly does once a series against the Reds. Hit for the cycle. He became the sixth player ever with at least three cycles. He became the first player ever to have a cycle against the same team three different times, which was unbelievable, a lot of fun. I want to ask a secondary question, but first, how would you – you never hit for the cycle, right? Mm -mm. So – if I gave you the opportunity as a major league player to hit for the cycle three times in your career or throw one nine inning, no hitter, what would you take? The no hitter. I still think nine innings all yourself, no hit. That's a big accomplishment. I don't know the number of times no hitters have happened now. I think it's the numbers getting up there. Like we're starting to see, we're starting to see a lot of no hitters uh, in today's game. I think. Yeah, it's like way off base on that. Yeah. Shoot, how many cycles have there been? I still think I would take the nine inning no hitter because it's just that you just dominated that game. Okay. What about if um, you could have the uh, three cycles or did you ever have a three homer game? No, two homers, a lot. I've had a three homer game, like I think the minor leagues, but three cycles. I I would rather take the three cycles in a three homer game. 100%. What about what Colin Moran has done? His first four homers this year have been, a, not in this order, a solo shot, a two-run homer, a three-run homer, and a grand slam. Compared to what? To a cycle. That's like the I'd cycle the, of homers. I did the cycle. Okay. All right, so let's get Because, you know, when you get a cycle, they give you the ball. They make a big deal out of it. You know? Okay. It's a, it's a cool little feat. Um, it is. And wild that Yelich has done it against one team. It's 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 unbelievable. Hey, so shout, out the big, shout out Yelly. Shout out Shout out the. I think the the broader point is that he's seemingly swinging the bat a lot better, and he's one of the guys we focused on at the beginning of the year as a guy who would have to get it going. So Kuma, after five weeks, is another guy kind of a Yelich stature that you would like. Be, hey, let's go! It's time. Okay, you you, just, you dropped the Yelich stature on me last minute there. Um, so I kind of I have two guys, and they're both on the same damn team. My initial answer to this question when you sent it over, a guy that needs to step it up, is Kike. Okay, Kike Hernandez is supposed to be a spark plug for that Boston Red Sox team, and he just hasn't he hasn't been at all. I mean, I'm looking at his um, his game logs. One hit, one hit, zero hit, zero hit. Like we need some, we need some bigger games out of Kike where he's running around all the bases, you know, being that spark right now. I mean, he's getting on base at a 232 clip. Like, I know he's not an OBP guy, but like he needs to step it up. Like he he's a person that could go there and 
get the Red Sox out of the rut there. And we talk about a guy in yellow stature, same team, Trevor Story. I think that's a pretty easy answer there. He's got to get it going. Yep. Like if these guys don't get it going, then it's going to be a lost season in Boston. And I don't think, um, I don't think that's good for the sport. No, uh, I will go with a guy who will not be on a contending team this year. I don't know when they're going to start contending, but if, and when they do, they're going to need him to get back to MVP type form. And that's Marcus Simeon. Yeah. You know, that so far through five weeks, essentially his OPS is under 500. He has zero homers in his new home. You know, he got that seven year, $175 million deal, which was so warranted. Uh, because of the hard work that he put in in Oakland and then in Toronto where he bet on himself for that one year and finished third in the MVP voting. He has a pair of third-place finishes in the MVP voting. Uh, A lot of us wanted to focus on Corey Seager moving from the Dodgers to the Rangers, you know, for over $300 million. But Marcus Simeon got paid, and we looked at that half-a-billion-dollar middle infield and said, if they're going to get somewhere, it's going to be because of these guys. And I know that it bothers – the little I know about Marcus Simeon, it bothers the shit out of him that he is not producing. It's definitely bothering him. He's definitely working his way through it. I know Marcus pretty well. I also think he's still extremely confident in himself, and he understands that, like, if he puts in the work and just as himself and he's healthy, like, his numbers will rise to, you know, around career norms. I, I truly believe that. I think he's still very confident – Definitely not happy with the way the season has started. Like, I know that. But if I know him, he's doing every single thing he can to get back to form. That's the kind of guy. That's the kind of guy you give that money to. I mean, the, the Rangers. Absolutely. This is a. This is an A plus worker, A plus clubhouse guy. I I fully believe in in him and, and getting back to you know where he needs to be. That I, there were very few people that when he got one seventy five went. Really? Marcus Simeon? Like everybody was like, yeah, good. He earned it. Yeah, good for him. Exactly. You don't have to worry about who he is, what he's about, because he's top notch across the board. I'm just saying that I would like to see him. Yeah, I know. You're looking at his numbers, right? Just looking at a couple guys' numbers right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, because we are hitting tough right now. Well, we know across the league, hitting is just down. Whether, yeah, it is. You can talk about the dead balls, you can talk about the pitchers and how good they've been, but. But, it's I mean, his OPS is even yeah. 200 points below league average yeah. in a year where it's down significantly. I still have TK's right. page up, 491 OPS right now. Speaking of, uh, Boston with a tough walk-off loss in Atlanta last night. Uh, Orlando Arcia with the uh, two-run shot. So the Sox fall to 11 and 20 overall. Uh, John Paul Morosi, my former colleague over at MLB Network, uh, he suggested that Boston might trade Xander Bogarts to St. Louis if things continue to go south. How realistic is that, in your opinion? I mean, it's a good fit. I think that's kind of the only thing we're talking about here. You know, Boston's going to have to continue to slide and, and be at the bottom of that division. Um, you know, we've seen them trade big-name players before. We've seen it happen. So if they do continue to be at the bottom and they do look to move Xander and they said, okay, we can just put story over there at short next year. The Cardinals work, you know, and they have, they, they have some prospects that, you know, Boston could be looking at. I know um, Rossi and I think even Jim Bowden came out and said the same thing. He's like, Oh, they can trade Nolan Gorman kind of makes sense for both sides. You got Tommy Edmund at second base, 
put Xander there at shortstop. You got Nolan Arenado, and now you're looking at like a superstar infield with Goldschmidt at first base as well. Yeah, um, I would do that trade if I was the Cardinals, as long as you could sign. Feel like you could sign Xander to a long term deal now because right. you know Nolan Gorman. We know what he's doing at the AAA level. We don't. You, best case scenario, he comes up and is a player like Xander Bogarts. Best case oh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. if you're able, if you're a team and you say, well, we can already get the finished version of what we, what we hope we hope this guy can be. It makes sense. And that Xander's going to opt out, opt out at the end of this year. Um, as well. He should, I got to bring up his page here. He is still only, he's not even 30 till October. Yeah. Isn't that crazy. God, I remember when he came up, he was just, he was 20 years old and he's already in his 11th major league season career OPS of eight thirteen. 143 homers. He's got a. Does he have opt outs? Yes. So the rest of the way. I know it's definitely after this year. I know it's Uh, after this year. Yeah. Um, Because he's got three years after this season, he's got three years and 60 mil guaranteed with a vesting option in 2026 of another 20 million. So So he's going to want to rip that up and he's going to want to make somewhere closer to 30 a year. Yeah, probably for like, do you think that if they gave him like four for 30 a year at four for 120, do you think he would take that? No, I don't think so. I think, I think if, if they offered him that, if they traded them and tried to say, Hey, this is what we want to do. I think he'd be like, nah, I'll go talk to other teams in the offseason. They're really? going to have to really give him a, a commanding offer for him not to just go test the waters. Let's remember one thing though. Carlos Correa has that opt out as well after this year. So he's going to be back younger than Bogarts. I mean, premium players are always premium players are always going to be premium players and they're going to make their premium money. I think he, I think he's at that level now uh, that it kind of doesn't matter. There are teams that are going to want his services. And by the way, if you're St. Louis and you do bite on this sort of trade opportunity, you have to get a deal in place before the trade is made. You cannot give up one of hard your to top do that. Pro- it's hard Why? to do that, dude. What do you mean? The guy wants to, the guy wants to test free agency. We know that he's not just going to be like, Oh yeah, screw it. Like in one day, let me see this contract. I'll sign it. Like, I think it's going to take a while to like, for him to say, what's my real value. What can I get in free agency? What are we projecting ourselves? Like, a deal can come together, but I don't think it's going to be that easy. And I think yeah. I think it's going to be more along the lines of that if they want it, they go get it, and then, then they know they have two or three months to figure it out. We might continue this discussion over on the AMP app. Not sure. Okay. All right. This is a crazy one. Um, the Twins and Astros game was suspended until um, early on Thursday because of weather issues that happened starting in the fourth inning. So here's what was happening. Yannier Cano, I believe that's how you pronounce it, was supposed to make his major league debut in the fourth inning for the Twins against the Astros. He throws his warm-up pitches. He has been introduced, so he's officially in the game, and all of a sudden there's a lightning strike, and they're like, we're clearing the field. We're out of here. So he has officially been indoctrinated into the world of major league baseball without actually doing something. How much would that suck if that counted as your major league debut? Honestly, I think it's like not that bad of a major league debut. I kind of think it 
it works in his benefit. Like you get all that adrenaline and you're ready to go. And then, yeah, they send you off the field. Now he knows what it feels like. So when he actually gets to throw his first pitch, he'll have a little bit more of an idea of like where to, you know, keep that heart rate at and you know how he should feel. I think it might work to his benefit. It's, I mean, it's obviously a, a funny story and, you know, I don't know if any of his family was there, but um, there's a, well, there's a word for it. I'm thinking blue balls. Crappy. Two words. What'd you, what'd you say? I said blue balls. Yeah. It's baseball's version. Um, Well played. I think he's 28 years old. So it took him a while to get to the show. It's pretty ridiculous. So I was, I read in one story, I think it was on MLB.com that this is bad. And hopefully he gets to pitch today in their one and a half games that they have. The story of the brother of hall of famer, Robin Yount is heartbreaking. Larry Yount was his name pitched for the Astros came into a game in 1971, I want to say, threw his warm-up pitches, got hurt while throwing his warm-up pitches, had to get taken out of the game, never appeared in a major league game. That's That's soul-crushing. That's tough. Can I give you one since you have the Phillies hat on too? Yeah. And actually, I want to make this a movement. So my friend Tim Leahy, Princeton catcher, uh, gets converted into a pitcher, gets rule five all over the place, ends up on the Phillies roster. Uh, what year? What year do they win the World Series? Eight. Okay. Ends up on the Phillies roster. He, as a rule five guy, he sits in the bullpen for a week, never gets to pitch, never gets to call, but he's there in uniform in the bullpen on the roster, never gets to pitch. Send him out. Something happened. They sent him out. Never makes it back to the biggest. They win the World Series that year. Never gave him a ring. <gasps> Even though he was on the roster? He was on the roster, Chris. Oh, so, that like, is I've been brutal. trying. I've like said this on a couple different occasions. I think Tim Leahy deserves a World Series ring. He was Absolutely on the freaking roster. Absolutely, he does. Absolutely. So, hey, Phillies fans, you want to talk and say, Middleton, can we get this guy a World Series? I'd really appreciate it. I think he would, too. Hell, yes, he would. He was on the roster. If you're on the roster, shouldn't he? Did he get a playoff share? I think he might have got, like, you know, when guys have that little time, it's not usually a share. It's like a payout. So maybe he got, like, a couple grand or something like that. Got it. Okay. But he, I think he'd rather have the ring. Doesn't, I mean, Oh, on, I know, man. but I'm trying to equate the two, that if he got some sort of, like, a quarter of a playoff share, because they do the voting. We'll have to talk about how that's done one time. Ago. That stuff gets brutal. I've heard. Justice for Tim Leahy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Real quickly, before we get out of here uh, on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, anything on John Boy Media today? We have the Talking Baseball episode that came out yesterday. Me and Talking Jake uh, go over some free agents, how they've been faring, the top free agents. You know, so some of the guys we talked about, like Marcus Simeon today. Um, and then he goes over the, you know, the offense and why it's down and what we can do as a sport to kind of bring it back up. And then tomorrow we'll do the series recap and we'll recap all the series that are going on uh, this week. Uh, Steven Brault, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is dropped. It's good to catch up with him, see how he's feeling, see how close he is to his return, et cetera, et cetera. And he is just, he's great. He can talk about anything. We had a little karaoke off, if you will. Talked about his outstanding 30th birthday that his amazing girlfriend surprised him with. Uh, So a lot of good stuff. So we'll check that out as well. 
All right. Uh, quick reminder, if you are joining us on the podcast version or the YouTube form, you can join us live every Monday through Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern on the AMP app. Just go download it on your iPhone. Code word there is baseball today. For our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco, and my man T. Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.